Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Sports Most Football Shorts. I'm Barney Corko. I'm here with our football editor, Matt Law, and we're here to talk about game week 30 of the Premier League season. The Premier League is finally back after a long break. Obviously, you had the international break, but even before that, there was the FA Cup weekend. So a lot of teams, it's been about three weeks since they were in league action. So they'll be jumping at the bit to get back into league action. Um, and we'll get straight into it. Saturday, 12.30 p.m., Chelsea still unbeaten under Thomas Tuchel, um, host a West Brom side really struggling uh, towards the bottom of the uh, the table. Well, they've got nine games left, 10 points from safety. Pretty Looking pretty bleak for them, um, especially coming up against a Chelsea side in such good form before the break. How do you see this one going, Matt? Yeah, very, very tough game, isn't it, for West Brom? Like you say, it's been... Uh, you're looking back, you know, Chelsea's last Premier League game, as you say, a while ago, was, was the goal of straw at Leeds, wasn't it? Um, mm. Back... March 13th, obviously played twice since then, as you mentioned, uh, Champions League, FA Cup, won both. So they're through to the next round of those competitions. But yeah, need to need to sort of address their league form. You know, I say address their league form. They've been fantastic under Tuchel, but, but three of the last five in the Premier League have been draws, which, you know, OK, one of them was against United, Manchester United, but sitting up in fourth at the moment. And they're not comfortable, are they, in the, in the top four? They're obviously they're six points off Manchester United now in second, two points above West Ham. I mean, we're looking down the table, you fancy West Ham, Tottenham, Liverpool, Everton are still in that, as we mentioned, the top four race. I don't think Arsenal will be, even though the gap is not, I mean, nine points for Arsenal. That's far too much. But everyone below that, Chelsea are battling. And uh, yeah, it's a nice game, isn't it, for West Brom? I'm for Chelsea, sorry. I mean, this is one of the games you look at this game week and it's obviously really hard to predict at the moment what's going to happen but you fancy this will be a relatively routine home win for mm. Chelsea I think obviously they've had a lot of players in international duty which can help I mean a lot of players would have come back late wouldn't they Thursday Friday uh, some today back back for the games obviously I think Thomas Tuchel's press conferences this afternoon I wish it was this morning because there's a lot of injury doubts he needs to clear up you know Kante obviously Jorginho international uh, injuries Hudson-Odoi um, Thiago Silva and Tammy Abraham have both trained over the international breaks you fancy they'll be available Mason Mount maybe maybe rested, played a lot for England, didn't he? And they play Porto, don't they? Champions League next week. So mm-hmm. Mendy will play in goal. He's had a dental procedure. But West Brom, on the other hand, I mean, their injury situation is, is good, apart from obviously Conor Gallagher can't play against his uh, parent club. Sam Allardyce was speaking about him, wasn't he? Yesterday saying that he wants him for another season, but, but it looks like Gallagher might get a chance at Chelsea. I wouldn't be too surprised, but you don't think he'll play that much next season. So another year, uh, obviously it looks like it would be in the Championship with West Brom. And whether he'd want to go back to that level after proving himself in the Premier League, I'd be surprised if he dropped back down to the Championship, uh, Gallagher. But yeah, team selection for West Brom, pretty, um, you know, Robson Cannon will be available. He got sent home from Wales, didn't he? Um, breaking curfew, but he's had a coronavirus negative test mm. and uh, trained but yeah I just think it's a very tough game isn't it for West Brom you're looking at I think you mentioned you just said that they're probably down and they are really aren't they the gap is not insurmountable in the sense that there are games left there's a lot of football left but very very tough to see West Brom getting enough I mean they've taken four points from the last four games which is not awful and they haven't really been uh, conceding many recently haven't they West Brom they've been hard to break down they haven't conceded twice um, in the Premier League it was a Tottenham game wasn't it um, start yeah. of February which is pretty mm. good to be fair but I just can't see them having I don't think they've ever won at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League and uh, very very difficult to see it's happening they've held some good teams recently including Manchester United but yeah routine for Chelsea here to 2-0 yeah, I've gone exactly the same. I was again. You look at this fixture. You look at Chelsea's form recently and West Brom's form recently, and you know the immediate temptation is maybe to go a bit bigger than two 0 But Chelsea haven't been blowing teams away despite picking up 
good wins. 2-0 has been a pretty common result for them. And for West Brom, they haven't actually lost by more than one goal since that Tottenham game you mentioned, um, which, which was a couple of months ago. OK, they've barely been in, in action for the last month or so. But yeah, a couple of months since they were last beaten heavily. And when you consider the, the huge problems they had defensively uh, prior to that, um, it's, it's certainly a big improvement defensively, but it's, it's just too little too late, I think. I think the la their last two games were crucial for, to stand any chance of staying up. If they could, were to get maybe six points against Newcastle and Crystal Palace, which Sam Allardyce would have been certainly confident they would have been able to get Newcastle and Palace both in pretty poor form themselves. Um, if they were to get six points from them, suddenly their survival um, is, is right back on. But to only get one point from those two games, I think that was the final nail in their coffin in terms of survival personally. Um, so yeah, like you, I, I can see a pretty routine win for Chelsea here. Not too much uh, to, uh, to you know, it's not going to send a message to anyone. Don't see Chelsea blowing them away. Um, and, and West Brom won't make it easy for them as they haven't been making it easy for teams recently, as you say, not conceding many, but not scoring many either. It's just difficult to see West Brom scoring against the Chelsea defence, which have been so, so good under Thomas Tuchel. What is it? Seven, seven clean sheets in a row. Um, and clean, I think they've only conceded twice, maybe, since Thomas Tuchel took over, which is an incredible yeah. record, really. Um, so, yeah, it, it's difficult to even see West Brom scoring, and it should be a pretty straightforward Chelsea win, and probably one of the easier selections this weekend. So, yeah, we're both going for 2-0 Chelsea in that one. There's a Yorkshire derby at 3pm uh, on Saturday, Leeds versus Sheffield United. Sheffield United, another one of those teams who are uh, pretty much down, not mathematically just yet, but it seems to be only a matter of time for them. Leeds mentioned them many times this season, pretty inconsistent, but this on paper is the easiest game they'll get all season. How do you see this one going? Yes, uh, look, looking for back-to-back -back wins, aren't they, Leeds? Uh, a good win against Fulham last time out, wasn't it, after the draw with Chelsea? So on a nice mm. little run after back-to-back -back defeats. And I think the win over Fulham last time was was really impressive. You know, OK, Fulham are struggling down the wrong end of the table, but they have been more difficult to beat recently. And, and Rafinha and Bamford, both on the score sheet, probably their two... Certainly, they're two most effective players going forward. So that would have pleased the manager. I still think they've got, you know, injury doubts for this game. Obviously, Klitsch had uh, coronavirus, didn't he? Um, they've got a few other issues elsewhere, injury situations. Uh, Rodrigo uh, might be okay. Liam Cooper, the captain, has been out for uh, out for a couple of games now. But yes, yeah, uh, I mean, it's a nice game. You say it's a nice game, but it is when the pressure is so firmly on you to win, um, like it can work against you. It's actually the first Premier League game between these two sides at Ellen Road since since 1993. So obviously it's a fixture that's been played in the Championship more often than the, than the Premier League earlier this season. They obviously met uh, Leeds 1-1-0 at Bramall Lane. And I've actually gone 1-0 Leeds here again. It's, Leeds, as we know, are, are tough to tough to predict what they do. They don't often keep that many clean sheets but 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 Sheffield United as we say they don't often get blown away obviously the Leicester game is an exception to that losing 5-0 at Leicester in their last Premier League game and then losing to Chelsea in the FA Cup you know wasn't that surprising to be honest and uh, they did beat Villa though didn't they recently in the Premier League so they are I mean they are going to get relegated aren't they they're, they're planning for next season now obviously uh, the manager change uh, what's going to happen long term with players a lot of players out of contract a lot of players that will probably fancy they can play in the Premier League next season. And I think Sheffield United can do some damage elsewhere, you know, looking ahead with the teams they're playing, you know, Arsenal, they play Tottenham as well. Um, Everton seems like that. So they can have a say in who finishes maybe in European places, but it's just about next season now for Sheffield United. You know, can they pick up some good wins for the supporters, you know, not in the stadium, but at home to enjoy mm -hmm. and to look forward to the next season. Leeds, on the other hand, sitting 11th in the table and they can, they'll still feel like they can finish in the top half, won't they, Leeds? And I think if they finish where they are, Leeds around 11th or 12th, I wouldn't be surprised. But 
I mean, they're only three points behind Arsenal, aren't they? So top 10 finishes there for Leeds if, if they win, but they've got some tough games. Leeds coming up, haven't they? Manchester City, Liverpool, mm. Manchester United, their next three after this one. So, and as we know, they can open up against the big teams and, and get put away. But um, yeah, three big fixtures to look forward to. This is obviously a big game for the fans, as you mentioned. But um, yeah, it's a tight game, but I do fancy Leeds here 1-0. Yeah, this is one I struggled to pin down to an actual scoreline because it is one of those which could be um, could be pretty much anything as most Leeds games can be. But I think I think Sheffield United certainly. If Chris Wilder wasn't, it was still in charge. I'd probably not back this. I've yeah. gone for three one Leeds, um, but I'd probably you know back Sheffield United to get something. Uh, certainly not lose by two goals. Um, maybe even get something out of a game against a team like Leeds if Chris Wilder was still in charge, which again makes it a bit of a strange decision for me to get rid of him. I know there was disputes with the board. Chris Wilder allegedly asked to resign a few times before he actually got his wish. Um, but yeah, it's it's just, you know, Paul Hackenbottom, I don't think he's cut out for, to be a Premier League manager personally. Uh, we haven't seen too much of him, obviously, at this at this level. But, you know, even his time as Leeds wasn't particularly convincing um, at, at this sort of level that was obviously in the championship it came with um, and obviously he'll be coming up against his former club here but uh, the I think with Chris Wilder the players really fought for him and that's why you didn't get them getting blown away all the time um, I think they're a lot more likely to get blown away as they did against Leeds without Chris Wilder at the helm um, obviously 3-1 not not a hugely heavy defeat but it, you, it's, they don't concede three goals in a match very often or they didn't under Chris Wilder and I can just see that becoming more uh, more common going forward. So, uh, yeah, I can see Sheffield United struggling in this one. I think, as you say, their focus is entirely on next season and, and that can work one of two ways. It could take the pressure off a little bit um, and allow them to play a bit more freely. And we can sometimes see these sorts of teams become a bit more dangerous towards the end of the season because of that. But on the, you know, on the other hand, you know, their minds could be set on this season, which could make them a bit of an easy touch in the closing stage of the season. And for Leeds, yeah, looking ahead, you mentioned those three next three games they've got Man City, Liverpool, Man United, you know, they're going to, they'll know they'll struggle to get points out of those ones. I know they like to go toe-to-toe with those teams and really damage those teams and arguably will probably get more more chances against those sorts of teams than maybe they will against Sheffield United just because of how they play and how the opposition play. Um, but, you know, they won't, they won't really expect to get too many points out of those games, whereas they'll be expecting three points out of this one. Um, and that makes it all the more important if they'd finish in the top half, which, as you say, would be a really good achievement uh, in their first season back after promotion. Um, and, and we have said, we, we've criticised Leeds a bit at times. We've said they're inconsistent. Um, but, you know, look at their league position. They would have taken that at the, at the start of the season straight away. And seven, you, yeah, you mentioned three points off Arsenal, the seven points by Liverpool which is crazy for a newly promoted team, considering how Liverpool did last season as well. So they've got to be happy with this season, uh, but they want to finish it strongly. Um, and yeah, I can see them certainly making a start to that with a victory here. So I've gone for 3-1 to Leeds and that, both going for Leeds wins. Um, a really big game, Saturday, 5.30. There's two big games to finish off Saturday. First of that is Leicester versus Manchester City. It's third place versus first place. Uh, Man City back to winning ways very much now, back to keeping clean sheets as well uh, before the break. Three consecutive wins in three different competitions to progress in the Champions League and FA Cup and edge ever closer to that inevitable title. Um, 
Leeds also progressed in the FA Cup, 3-1 win over uh, Manchester United, a disappointing Man, Man United in that time. And that backed up the 5-0 win over Sheffield United in their last league game. So they're in really good form, eight goals scored in their last two games. It's a really interesting game, this one. And uh, the reverse fixture, obviously, Leicester blew Man City away a bit at the Etihad Stadium. So they'll be really confident going into this one that they can pull off a similar sort of upset. Um, and I think they'll, you know, it's, it's a game they'll actively be looking forward to, especially Man City. I mean, their record over the last few months has been ridiculous and only that Manchester United defeat is sort of, is, is their only blemish on it. Um, but I think that Manchester United defeat may just make Leicester think, all right, these guys are beatable. Um, and we've sort of got the tools that could be capable of beating them. James Madison looks like he's going to be back. Ricardo Pereira looks like he's going to be back. So those are two big boosts. Um, so I think Leicester will give Man City a really good game. It just is very hard to back against Man City at the moment when they're just this juggernaut which keeps on rolling on. Uh, they might have one eye on Borussia Dortmund. It's arguably, um, even at the start of the season, Champions League was their number one goal. But certainly now when they look like they've got the Premier League wrapped up, uh, the Champions League will be their number one target. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any changes made to that, maybe a bit of rotation and some key players rested. But still, I'd expect Man City to win this one. Leicester's probably one of the toughest games they'll get um, in the league this season, as they saw in the reverse fixture, of course. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back in Man City to, uh, to win this one. Again, I'm going for goals. I'm going for 3-1 to Man City. 3-1, yeah. I've, I've got a draw here. Um, in the end, I just think it's obviously you know, it's always difficult to know what to predict, isn't it, after international breaks. You know, both both teams have had a lot of players away. Um, I just think Leicester, I mean, I wasn't sure a few weeks ago whether they'd have enough to finish in the top four. I was concerned, but... Now they're positioning the table, means seven points clear of, of, of West Ham in fifth. I think that top three as it is now will stay the same. I expect that to be the top three. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if United were third. Uh, Leicester may be going above them. But but it's the, the position below that, you know, Chelsea, as I mentioned, the, the last top mm. four race. But you just look at Leicester's 11. I mean, the 11 that played against United last time out, as you mentioned, Madison uh, coming back in potentially, definitely in the squad, probably will start um, Ricardo as well. When you put those two players into the 11 that played against Manchester United, and it's just a really, really good side, isn't it? You know, the three centre-backs, Soyonchu, Evans, Fofana, and Didi Tillemans, that, that's an unbelievably good back five. You know, Vardy, Ian Atro's full of goals at the moment, and it's a really, really good 11 that he can put on the field. Obviously, that the quality does drop off when they get injuries, but you look at players like James Justin and players like that, they're injured at the moment, Harvey Barnes. Uh, excellent players, but yeah, City. I mean, obviously, it's the first, uh, Aguero is going to be leaving in the season. Be very interesting yeah. to see what role he plays between now and the end of the season. I mean, I don't know what time the meeting with Haaland's father and his agent is with City today. I know they're doing the rounds, aren't they, in the Premier League today? So maybe they're having their meeting meeting now, talking about future, uh, bringing bringing him to the club. But yeah, as you mentioned, City rotation is going to be. I mean, City's rotation is is different, isn't it, to other rotation? Because if even the top teams take players out, the quality drops off. But City's rotation, you know, you can change, chop and change four or five and the quality doesn't really drop down, to be honest, is it the attackers they've got? You know, Mares, Sterling, players like that don't play. Fernand Torres has been really good this season. Bernardo Silva, you can go on and on. They can change in midfield and change their centre-backs, their full-backs, so they can just do whatever they want and they're still a 11 that, that, that can, you know, beat most sides in the league. But yeah, as you mentioned, it's, it's been a little while now, same, similar to the Chelsea since Chelsea, uh, City last played in the Premier League, the, the FA Cup Champions League and 
I mean, the quadruple, I don't expect them to win the quadruple this season. I, I think they might just fall short in the Champions League, to be honest. I think, uh, I think obviously, the Premier League, I think they'll probably do the Premier League, FA Cup and League Cup. Uh, certainly the Premier League and League Cup, I expect them to win. But Champions League, I still think there's question marks over there in, in the real latter stages, you know, semi-finals, that sort of stage. But very interesting to see. And yeah, I almost went City. I was very, very close to going away win here. But Leicester... Performance against Manchester United last time, that was excellent. Uh, it's a really good form, players back. And uh, yeah, I think there'll be a draw this one, 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I think Leicester definitely capable of getting something out of it. And you mentioned their injuries. They have had a lot of injuries this season, still up in third. So that's, you know, it's been such an impressive season for them. Um, OK, moving on, 8pm on Saturday, there's Arsenal versus Liverpool. Um, a huge game, you know, at a, in any season, really. Obviously, both teams have underperformed so far this season. But for Liverpool, personally, I think this is a, a massive game in terms of their top four chance. I think if they win, um, you'd pro I'd probably lean towards them then being back in form and making the top four. But if they don't win, potentially those chances are over. Uh, so it's a huge game for them. Um, Arsenal, their last outing uh, was a, a while ago, but a memorable one coming back from 3-0 down to, to nick that draw against West Ham. So a big result that is to, to get a point from 3-0 down, still only up in ninth. You know, it's hard to see how their season can now be a successful one in terms of the Premier League. Obviously, it could still go on and win the Europa League, but they'd have to win the vast majority of their games toward, between now and the end of the season for this to end up being um, a positive and encouraging season for them. Um, obviously, these games are usually full of goals, full of drama, full of entertainment. Um, and I'm, I'm expecting something similar. I've gone for a lot of goals on this Saturday. I'm expecting something similar here. Um, yeah, Liverpool, those back-to-back those -back wins over Leipzig and uh, Wolves before the international break were hugely important. It's, they've been a while since uh, having a game now. The win away to Wolves, um, massive, I think, in terms of keeping up a bit of momentum from that win against Leipzig because there had been false dawn before in this in this poor run of um, form they've been in in 2021. Um, and the hope now, obviously, is that they're back to winning ways. The hope is that the international break has just calmed down some of that really poor form. Um, that was before they've had a bit more time on the training ground with the, the break they had before the international break, uh, before their players went away with uh, not being in FA Cup uh, action and being in Champions League action in the week beforehand. Obviously, they've got Real Madrid coming up in the Champions League next week, which is a, a, a massive game they'll all be looking forward to. So two big games in a row for Liverpool, this one. Um, I'm, I'm back in Liverpool to win. I'm back in a 3-2 win just because this game usually has goals. I think it's up there with the most goals in, in Premier League history, this fixture. Um, and Arsenal, I don't really trust their defence. Liverpool's defence has actually looked pretty solid with Quebec and Phillips in there. They've started to finally form some semblance of a partnership back there, which you know, has been missing for the vast majority of the season with all the injury problems, uh, some players coming in and making mistakes at the back. Um, and, it, you know, if they can keep those two and they can start to form a bond and start to form a, a partnership at the back, it's obviously not going to be a Van Dijk-Gomez-level partnership, but they have looked solid, more solid, certainly in the last couple of games. There's, there's that big question mark over Liverpool at the moment. Is that is that is this another false dawn, as we have had so far um, a couple of times this year? But I'm hoping that win over Wolves really gets them back to winning ways. And Arsenal, a team they they enjoy playing against and enjoy scoring against quite a lot. So yeah, I'm, I'm going for 3-2 Liverpool win here, rather maybe more in hope than expectation, I think. Yeah, you've got a few goals, haven't you, this week? Um, yeah, the, the win over Wolves was, was really big, wasn't it, for Liverpool? It was always going to be a tricky game, but it, it was such an important win, you know, uh, only by the one goal. But... Really, really big win. And you mentioned, you know, it really is, could be that. If Liverpool go and win this game, they'll really put themselves, won't they, in contention to... I mean, if they lose, they're not out of contention for the top four. But you just feel like a win here would be 
really big with other teams around having some tough games and potentially dropping points. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, there's it's a fixture that has produced a lot of goals. There was a, there was a five five as well, wasn't there in the League Cup? Mm, um, yeah, I think October 2019, obviously not in the Premier League, but three uh, one last season. Liverpool Arsenal won this game last season at the Emirates two one. Um, so back in July, that was obviously after the after the um, the coronavirus break. But yes, it's it's a really interesting game, isn't it? You talk about Arsenal. Last time out, they got a lot of praise for coming back from from three goals down, but it just shows they've still got that in them that they can go go three nil down at the blink of an eye and then have to fight back. And they played well in the second half of that game, Arsenal. To be fair, and got some really good players. You know, Odegaard's been really good, isn't he? They obviously want to sign him permanently. Lacazette's found a bit of form. Aubameyang off form. I think obviously Saka's involvement. Um, I mean, he didn't play for England, did he? He was in the squad. I mean, I'd be surprised if he came back in. I don't think he's been a definitely ruled out of this but you'd, you'd fancy that he wouldn't play and when Saka doesn't play he just feels like it takes a lot away from Arsenal for me he's one of their you know, best three or four players with uh, Kieran Tierney I think he's a really good player as well so Liverpool as you say they've looked better but is it going to be as you mentioned a false dawn in terms of you know looking for it's a big period for Liverpool isn't it you know as you mentioned Real Madrid twice obviously Real Madrid will be without Sergio Ramos but they've still got some really good players Real Madrid and I think they're a little bit maybe underestimated um, I mean they're third in La Liga at the moment they have got some really good players and they can still cause Liverpool plenty of problems um, game home game at home to Villa as well haven't they in there Liverpool in the, in the middle of the Real Madrid games which is obviously another really important game in the Premier League and yeah really really big game this one obviously it's one that's really looking forward to hopefully it's a good game but I've actually gone slightly different to you I've gone 1-1 here I just think Arsenal really desperate to, to 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 not get beat here because they'll still think that they can come I mean, if they beat Liverpool a point behind them so it's not a, a great deal is it they'll still fancy maybe I don't that I don't think they genuinely believe they could finish top four but I do think they think they'll think that they need to finish top seven you know and potentially sneak a sneak a spot in the, as you mentioned they're still in the Europa League and they've got a fairly favourable draw in the next round over terms of teams they could have played but so yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether Mikel Arteta starts to prioritise that competition but I don't think he can because he needs to start picking up you know consistent run of form in the league but yeah I, th- I think tight game here 1-1 I think prioritising Europa League is is risky it does make sort of sense because yeah, they're not going to get into the Champions League um, through the Premier League but it, it is risky because if they go out which they could easily do obviously in a knockout tie then they could be left without any uh, European football at all next season um, okay, on Sunday, we kick off with Southampton versus Burnley. Southampton beat Bournemouth last time out in the FA Cup to return to winning ways, having lost at home to Brighton in their last league game. Uh, Burnley picked up that really good win at Goodison Park against Everton. Dwight McNeil scoring a great goal in that game uh, to edge them further away from danger. Uh, what is it now? Seven points. They are clear of the relegation. So it was a nice little gap to have. Um, at this stage of the season they'll obviously want to extend that um, and want to have a few more wins under the belt they've got Newcastle at home coming up which is certainly a game they'll they'll be eyeing as a chance to get three more but uh, three more points under their belt uh, but how do you see this one going Matt? Yeah, it's a very very tough one isn't it predict one of the toughest um, this is one mm. I, I struggled with to be honest I think recently um, Southampton beat Burnley early this season didn't they but apart Burnley's record against Southampton is really good recently, certainly in the Premier League. You know, plenty of wins, three draws in there as well. But I'm slightly regretting this maybe, but I have just gone Southampton here. I think Burnley's last uh, defeat was away from home at Tottenham 4-0. Since then, they've drawn with Leicester and Arsenal at home. And obviously, as you mentioned, one at Everton, which was really impressive. But 
just think Southampton, I mean, they won in the FA Cup, didn't they? That would boost their confidence against Bournemouth and obviously got the FA Cup to look forward to a semi-final that, you know, okay against Leicester, but it's the team they would have probably wanted to play rather than the other the other two teams mm. in the semi-final. And yeah, I just think, you know, exactly the same record this season. It's 29 games, 33 points for Southampton and Burnley. Southampton are now, you know, looking to stay clear of that. I don't think they'll get relegated, but the gap, as we say, from, from Fulham is seven points. It's not insurmountable. And Southampton's form, as we say, has been really poor and they just need to steady and maybe finish. They could maybe finish up in 12, something like that. Southampton, considering their form recently, I think would be okay. It'd be disappointed in the overall picture, but you know they'll, they'll be hoping that Ward-Prowse is available. He was obviously with the England squad, but then didn't play, did he, against, um, against Poland? Obviously, Danny Ings, it looks like he'll be okay as well. He was absent before the international national break but it's still a really good side Southampton you know they haven't they're not become bad players their confidence has been there I just think the international break would have helped them you know some players have been away maybe you know Benderet was away as well wasn't he with Poland and mm -hmm. just to get maybe a little bit more just just to get a different feeling and then come back refreshed um, I say refreshed but they've played a lot of football the ones that were away but yeah Burnley on the other hand not had loads and loads of players away but have got some injury problems still so yeah, this is one, I mean, I almost want to draw, but as we know, I do go draws a lot and uh, had already picked a few draws. And I just, Burnley, I'm not that comfortable picking Burnley away from home. I know they won at Everton last time out, so maybe a bit strange to be saying that, but I don't fancy Everton, uh, Burnley that much when they go on the road, if I'm perfectly honest. And uh, mm. yeah, I just think Southampton 2-1 here. Yeah, I, I went through exactly the same thought process as you, I think, and I did settle on Southampton. I might just change it last second now because I've got to make up some ground on you anyway. Um, yeah. And yeah, Southampton, I mean, one win in the last 12 Premier League games is just an awful record. And that was against Sheffield United. Um, and obviously in the intro to that game, I just, I, I mentioned Burnley, seven points of clear of the relegation zone. It sort of creeps up on you that Southampton are as well, as you say, it's exactly the same record in terms of points won this season. Um, it sort of just goes to prove early in the season when, you know, people start speculating about where people, where teams might finish it, everything could still change, you know, towards the latter stage of the season. Because earlier in the season, Southampton were having a great season, uh, pushing for Europe and Burnley have always been in and around the relegation zone and now suddenly um, at their level on points. So yeah, long season and still a lot could change in that. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to change last second to go one all in this game. Um, just, yeah, because, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not too comfortable picking Burnley to win away uh, or maybe even to pick up a point away from home. Certainly not a win. Uh, but Southampton's uh, Premier League record in the last few months, uh, since the turn of the year, since even before the turn of the year, it's just been so bad. It, it's, it's difficult to back them. And they're sort of going in one direction, whereas Burnley with a few, you know, draw against Leicester, draw against Arsenal, win against Everton. That's good form for a team like Burnley to, to be picking up points against Leicester. OK, Arsenal have been a bit of a shadow of themselves so far this season, but, you, you know, it's still a big point for them. And then that win, as we said, at Goodison Park, which neither of us really saw coming. Um, they were in really good form before the international break. There is always the danger, as we've alluded to a few times, that international break can rob a bit of momentum from them if you are on a good run of form. Uh, but yeah, I think they'll, they'll arrive in Southampton pretty confident that they can get something out of the game. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for one all in that one. Um, Matt is going for a narrow Southampton win, one all for me. Uh, also on Sunday, there's Newcastle versus Tottenham Hotspur. Intriguing match this one between two teams who they, there's been a lot of criticism of their styles of play. There's the growing pressure on both managers. Um, obviously, at, still at different ends of the table, Tottenham in sixth after returning to winning ways against Aston Villa before the international break. Newcastle, that 3-0 defeat away at Brighton, that was, that, that was a real hammer blow to them. We both said how important that game was, um, and not only to lose it, but to lose it in such a fashion um, 
was difficult to take to Steve Bruce and obviously didn't do anything um, for his popularity amongst the fans. They're only two points clear of the relegation zone now, so every match is huge for them. Uh, but obviously, the visit of Tottenham with all their superstars is a difficult one. How do you see this one going, Matt? Yeah, another another one that can potentially be a, a, a tough one to call, but it's difficult to you know edge away from Tottenham in this game. I think you know their situation in the table, as you say, Newcastle's is completely different. You know, both need the points, but for very, very different reasons. Tottenham will still, as you say, feel like they're very much in the argument. It didn't look like one stage they'd be in the top four argument. They're in it now. Newcastle, obviously, as you say, battered into stay above the relegation zone. Obviously, Fulham losing last time out of Leeds was a really good result for mm. them, but losing 3-0 at Brighton. I just think, I just really struggle. I know the injury situation for Newcastle is definitely improving. I think St Maximum might be okay for this game. It certainly might be in the squad. It looks like Callum Wilson's getting very close. I think he's back back on the training field. Might just miss out um, against Tottenham, but that's certainly positive for Newcastle because if you put Callum Wilson and St Maximum in that team, you know, for the Burnley game after, which is on the 11th, you fancy both will definitely be okay for that one. And then they play West Ham, but it's the games after that, they're just... It's all very well talking where you're going to get points here and there, but it's difficult to think like that because they've got some really tough games coming up Newcastle and you can't afford, you know, they're going to lose this game. They lose at Burnley. You fancy um, Fulham will will pick up some points here and there. You know, they're, mm. they're obviously improved recently. And yeah, Tottenham situation. I think um, Son has been back in training and he's certainly been pictured back in training. So you fancy he might be okay for this game, certainly in the squad, which obviously makes... Tottenham a much better side obviously the speculation surrounding Harry Kane's future is not great at the moment looks like he probably wants to leave Tottenham don't want to sell him you know obviously not but obviously been away with England this week and a lot of players been away um, with their international side so about, it's about Mourinho getting his players back you know Thursday Friday and, and looking forward to this game Saturday obviously preparation and I'm just trying to win because you say Tottenham play Manchester United next weekend. So if they were to pick up a poor result here and then lose to Manchester United, they go to Everton after that. They play obviously League Cup final as well. It's a big period for Tottenham and it mm -hmm. still could be a successful season if they were to finish, even if they were to lose the uh, the League Cup final, if they were to finish top four, you would still say that's a successful season. But if they lose a League Cup final and finish, even if they finish sixth, you know, Europa League is just not enough for, for what Tottenham want to do. And it surely can't be enough to keep their best players, certainly, you know, Kane and Son being two of them. And uh, yeah, very interesting to see what will happen. But I just think Tottenham will have uh, enough here. Their record against Newcastle um, actually lost at home, didn't they, to Newcastle 2019. But apart from that, it's pretty good, to be fair. Their, their recent form won, won five of the last seven, I think, in the Premier League against them. Won one early this season um, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But I think it'll be a tight game. But um, yeah, just Tottenham here, 1-0. Yeah, I've gone Tottenham 2-0 in this one. Like, it'll be interesting to see. I think this, this is the sort of game Tottenham fans are just urging Mourinho to let loose a little bit and certainly if they go 1-0 up don't just you know shut up shop and, and protect that 1-0 lead which could which could happen and I was close to going 1-0 for that reason as well that's happened a few occasions um, this season and on a few occasions it's come back to bite them because that team has then gone on to equalise um, I think yeah I think that win over Aston Villa before the break was huge after those defeats so Arsenal and Dynamo Zagreb go uh, to get knocked out of the Europa League um, getting back to winning ways was really important for them before the break because otherwise, you know, you go into the break, it's been three, two, three weeks since your last game and your last game was a hugely disappointing defeat. 
Um, players like Harry Kane are probably stewing on it. They're going on international duty with England. They're, they're teaming up with the likes of you know, Raheem Sterling, who's, who's in great form for, or certainly Man City are in great form, and, and Phil Foden, John Stones, the likes of them, talking about how good things are at Man City and things like that. It can just get in your head as a player if you're not succeeding to the level you are and you know you're a world-class player yourself and could be succeeding to that level. Um, so just picking up that win before the international break um, could be really important for them. So I'm going for a 2 0 win in this one. You mentioned Newcastle's fixtures coming up. It's a, such a difficult end to the season for them. I, th- mm. I think six of their next seven games are coming against teams in the top half of the table. So they've got Tottenham, uh, West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester, and then Man City. Um, mm. And then, you know, by that stage, they could well be a, a bit adrift of safety. They've got arguably the easiest. Um, end of the season possible with Sheffield United and then Fulham um, yeah. but that that last game against Fulham could be huge huge absolute winners take all um, if it, well certainly if it's as close as it is now but Newcastle will probably need to pick up some points and pull off a few upsets um, along the way if they are to, to keep it close and not be you know even down before that last game against Fulham because they've got such a difficult end to the season um, and any any points they can pick up against those top half teams I mentioned will be bonus points. Home ones they'll be looking at as as potentials to um, you know more so than away games to pick up points. Um, and obviously this falls under that umbrella. So it's a, it's a really important game for them looking ahead. Um, if they can pick up one point, um, maybe even three points here, then it, it it eases things. It eases the pressure on Steve Bruce. It eases the pressure on the players because they'll be looking ahead of that and thinking, all right, where's our next points coming from? Certainly if they don't go and beat Burnley, um, if they lose this one, lose against Burnley, then they're thinking, all right, we might not get another point until early May here. Um, so yeah, a, a big game for them and they'll be desperate to get something out of it. But yeah, like you, I, I don't really see it. I think um, Tottenham have just got purely more, more quality than them. Um, and yeah, Newcastle, that defeat last time out, just so deflating for them and the fans. It's difficult to see how they're going to bounce back from that immediately with such a difficult game. So yeah, I'm going for 2-0 to Tottenham in that one. Matt is going for 1-0. Um, also on Sunday at 4.30, uh, we've got Aston Villa versus Fulham, uh, which is mentioned Fulham there. Two points adrift of safety. So if Newcastle lose immediately before them, um, they could go out of the relegation zone. Even if Newcastle only manage a draw, then a win for Fulham would be enough to lift them out of the relegation zone. Uh, as we, You mentioned the Leeds game earlier that they lost. I think we both backed Fulham to win in that one, or certainly Fulham to get something out of the game. We fancied them because they were in, in decent form, obviously, the defeat to Man City before that. Uh, but before that, they had beaten Liverpool um, and they're picking up points with a lot more regularity than they were earlier in the season. Uh, and looking, you know, looking at that running for Newcastle, I think Fulham will still be pretty confident of getting more points than Newcastle between now and the end of the season. Um, this is not an easy game for them, but Aston Villa have been inconsistent of late. You know, they've lost to Sheffield United not too recently. They only drew, drew with Newcastle. So Fulham will certainly be viewing this game as an opportunity to get three more points on the board, a vital three points especially. Um, and obviously, as I mentioned just then, could lift them out of the relegation zone. It's, it's a difficult one. Fulham away from home have actually been really good, unbeaten in nine away games um, since uh, December 5th, early December. So really good away from home. Aston Villa just, you know, they're becoming one of those teams. It's, it's difficult to know what to expect from them. We, we mentioned a few times earlier in the season that they could be pushing, certainly because of their position at the time, they should be pushing for, you know, maybe even European places because they were... Um, you know, they had two games in hand a while back and were, you know, within three points. So if they won those, they'd uh, done that. Uh, they would have gone into the European positions. But those games in hand are now starting to go away. I think they've only got one now over the majority of the league. Um, 
and now they're in mid-table. So I think now they're battling for a top half finish at best. But even if the, they finish 11th or 12th, you'd still say that's a good season for Aston Villa. So this is this is a big game for them, I think. Obviously, much bigger for Fulham and much more um, must-win for Fulham. Um, it's another difficult one to call, isn't it? I, I went back and forth. I went for an Aston Villa victory. Jack Grealish being back um, is obviously huge for them. And that just... Uh, tipped it in the scales of Aston Villa for me, but I'm, I'm not entirely confident on this one. I've got to say, but I've gone for two on Aston Villa, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Fulham get something out of this one. Yeah, too. Yeah, I've, I've gone nil-nil here. Um, f- f- I just think Fulham will get, you know, as you say, away from home. They've been okay. We, we talked about Newcastle's um, end of the season. You know, Fulham have got some really tough games coming up, haven't they? And they play. They go to Arsenal and Chelsea and back-to-back mm-hmm. games and. Second from like the penultimate game of the season, they go to Old Trafford. So if you're looking at Fulham, you know, keeping it alive until the last game and potentially having to go into Old Trafford and, and get something, it's a, it's a tough... Uh, this is why this, this game is so big. You know, this game, Wolves at home, they play Burnley as well. But, you know, just gone off, lost three of the last four Fulham, little tough period, obviously one at Anfield there, but they have been very, very tough games. I think the one against Leeds last time, as we say, as you mentioned, was really disappointing you know the Manchester mm. City one almost a gimme uh, really good expect to win that one but I think they would have fancied their chances of at least not getting beat um, against Leeds last time out and there's this talk isn't there at the moment of you know Villa without Grealish some people are saying they're, they're relegation struggles without him I think that's probably a little bit harsh considering how well they've played this season and the players they have got but as you mentioned Grealish obviously returning will really boost their confidence and and yeah if, if Villa were to finish where they are it'd still have to go down to a really good season there was little a slight of hint of a hope wasn't there they could maybe push for a top seven place but just to stay clear of the relegation zone at top 10 finish I even think you know 11th 12th would be fine for Villa this season it was always about you know making progress from last season and not being involved in a relegation battle and they've been nowhere near that this season you know can they go in this this summer and you know improve the squad um certainly keep hold of Grealish they'll be expecting to do that and hoping to do that I still think they need another striker depending on whether Wesley can come back to any sort of form I think they need another option to to Watkins in the final third as good as he's been this season but you know Fulham need a striker as well but a lot of business will be on hold until they know whether they're going to be in the in the Premier League next season Mm -hmm. and I just think you know, Fulham, I, I do like Fulham a lot and I do hope they stay in the league, but I, I'm just struggling to get back and talk, go and win this game. It wouldn't be a surprise at all. You mentioned someone went and won a Liverpool and that's obviously a tougher game, you know, not at the moment, but on paper, a tougher game than going to Villa. But yeah, just think goalless draw here. It'd be, I don't think either manager would be too happy or too disappointed with, with a point. It would help Fulham ticking along and it would just keep Villa, you know, in and around where they are, you know, it'd move them level on points of Arsenal, depending on obviously if Arsenal were to beat Liverpool won't be the case but if Arsenal were to lose and then Villa go get a point they go level on points of Arsenal so they'd be okay with that I think and um, yeah tight game nil-nil Goalers for Matt in that one okay um, rounding off the action on Sunday there's Manchester United versus Brighton this was a hugely dramatic game in the reverse fixture wasn't it if I remember correctly um, yeah a lot of drama Manchester United ultimately just edging that game but they come into this one off the back of a really disappointing uh, performance and result last time out before the international break in the FA Cup being knocked out at the hands of Leicester Brighton on the other hand back-to-back wins before the international break 3-0 over Newcastle as we mentioned um, absolutely huge those, those back-to-back wins have taken them six points clear of danger which is a, a decent cushion to have without that they'll be you know level on points and only outside of the relegation zone on goal difference so timely timely wins for them um, as we mentioned international break can sometimes rob a bit of momentum do you see that happening do you see them getting anything from Old Trafford 
It's, it's a really tough one for me. You know, on paper, you, you're looking at, I think United's performance, as you mentioned, against Leicester last time out was was just so disappointing, wasn't it, in a game, especially where they knew, you know, the, the draw would have been favourable in the next round uh, of the FA Cup. We found out that at half-time, didn't they? Um, Mm. They were fortunate maybe to level before the break. Good goal from Greenwood. But then the second half performance, it was just Leicester were very strong. I don't think the midfield was right. Um, the balance uh, in the middle of there, they'll see Miss Cavani again. Uh, Rashford, Rashford wasn't available. And it'd be very, very interesting to see what 11 gets put on the field, I think, for this game for Manchester United. Obviously, Martial picking up a knee injury. Rashford didn't play for England. Looks like Cavani... He's okay, you know. He's been he's been at the training ground and he's been putting in the work. Hopefully, he will be available um, for this game. Obviously, Greenwood as well had to withdraw Denny from the 21s, and it'd be interesting to see Solskjaer clearing up what the injury situation actually is ahead of this game because it's still a little while now, isn't it? Tomorrow, tomorrow night, there's still you know the rest of today and uh, and tomorrow to maybe assess the players just to make sure everyone that's come back from international duty is okay to play the goalkeeping situation obviously is going to be very fascinating I think we'll know who United's number one goalkeeper is after tomorrow after the team sheets in because Henderson's played a lot obviously De Gea was away he's come back but they're both available for this game and uh, yeah. and it'll be very interesting to see you know obviously neither played for their country did they neither's number one for their country at the moment and who gets in the team for this one will be interesting. Um, you know, United's Europa League draw against Granada, good team Granada, they're very, very dangerous, but it is favourable, you know, those two legs come in the middle of the Tottenham game. So this is a really important game for United, you know, still very much in that battle for the top four. The recent win over West Ham was a really big one, their last Premier League game um, in the middle of last month. But sitting second in the table, as we mentioned, you know, a good gap over West Ham, eight points, but a good gap suddenly doesn't become so good if you, you know, maybe draw here, lose to Tottenham, other teams around start to close the gap. And as we say, it could be, still be a successful season for United, you know, second in the league. And if they were to win the Europa League, obviously disappointment in the FA Cup, but that would be a really good season. Um, and looking forward to next season, obviously they need to invest this summer, but Brighton, as we say, you know, we praised them early this season, didn't we? Their, 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 the results weren't always there, but the last two games, the win over Newcastle was excellent. The win over Southampton was really good. And it's put them in a, I mean, they're still not anywhere near mathematically safe. They still could mm -hmm. be dragged into trouble. You know, definitely could still be. They've got some tough games coming up, you know, Everton and Chelsea after this one, then play Sheffield United. But I, I just think it's a very, very tough game for Manchester United, you know, as uh, without repeating myself, coming in off the international break, you know, the, you don't know the fitness of the players. I'm not entirely sure who's definitely going to be available for this game. Wait until Solskjaer clears that up. But yeah, tough game. But I think United will just about have enough um, at home. Brighton has taken the pressure off a little bit with those back-to-back -back wins. But yeah, really, really tight game. Expecting United have to suffer, but um, I think 2-1 to the hosts. Yeah, I've gone exactly the same. I think, yeah, if this if this game had come maybe in the immediate aftermath of that, those back-to-back -back yeah. wins for Brighton without the international break, maybe, you know, be leaned towards maybe giving them a chance of getting a draw. But to be honest, I think, yeah, I think United have, have got enough about them to, to see off Brighton. Obviously, we know from the reverse fixture, it's not going to be an easy game for them at all. Brighton can put up a real good fight. Um, and finally, in those last two games, as you say, seem to be getting the rewards for some good football. And I think those two those two games have just made it so, you know, they probably only now need two more wins from their last nine games of the season to secure safety, which is, is it just takes a lot of the pressure off. It's huge for them um, to pick up those back-to-back -back wins. And I, I do think they deserve it. I think it would, wouldn't have been fair um, on the way they play. Um, the chances they create and everything like that if they had gone down obviously ultimately if you don't get enough points on the board you probably do deserve to go down and if you're not missing as many chances as they had been missing in their previous games 
um, and you've only got yourself to blame, really. But I think, yeah, I think Brighton are playing football, you know, in an attractive way and have deserved more points than they've got for the majority of the season. Um, so those back-to-back wins have, have signed, finally started uh, to give them the reward they need. And yeah, as I say, if, it, if if that momentum was still going, they would be flying going into Old Trafford and they they know from the past fixture that they can they can give United a real good game. But yeah, I'm just backing United uh, to pick up a 2-1 win. I think you mentioned it could still be a successful season for United. I don't think I agree with Solskjaer's statement that progress isn't necessarily uh, shown in trophies because I think, you know, what are you progressing towards? You're always trying to progress towards winning trophies. But I, I think second in the league will be will be a successful season on its own for United, to be honest, because no one was no one was backing them for that at the start of the season. It was Liverpool, Man City, top two, um, maybe change order, but no one was backing United really to, to finish in second. Um, so I think it has been a successful season. There certainly has been progress. Um, that's undeniable. You just look at the points tally for progress, but progress is all leaned towards um, winning trophies, really. And if you can get some trophies under the belt, obviously Europa League is probably the only yeah, only one you can go for now um, as United. So it'd be interesting to see to what extent um, they start prioritising that if the gap to fifth place um, starts to grow a little bit more and, and looks like they've got Champions League in the bag for next season. It, it'd be interesting to see if they do start prioritising Europa League to get a trophy under their belt. Um, but yeah, like you, I'm back in United to win this one. I don't think it'll be an easy game, but we'll both go for 2-1 wins to United in that one. Um, there is a doubleheader on Monday, starting with Everton versus Crystal Palace. Everton, three defeats in a row across all competitions heading into this one. Uh, knocked out the FA Cup by Manchester City. They were beaten by Chelsea in the Premier League, which no real shame in that, the form Chelsea were in at the moment. But the big one in between those two games, losing at home to Burnley. Um, really disappointing result for them and a, a big blow to their top four hopes. They're still within um, that cluster of teams you mentioned earlier, which will still have hopes of finishing in the top four and certainly challenging for European places. Um, the level of points with Liverpool with a game in hand over Liverpool. So, you know, Liverpool still being in the top four ways, Everton by definition are as well, but they do need a return to form uh, sooner rather than later. Crystal Palace, they'll see as a, a, a nice game to settle back into things, but particularly at home, although Palace did pick up that win against uh, West Bromwich Albion last time out there, 12th in the table. A decent season for them, but they've got all these players, you know, running out of contract, Roy Hodgson's futures permanently in the headlines now as well. So they've got a lot of things off the field to be thinking about as well, Crystal Palace. So interesting to see how they finish the season. Uh, how do you see this one going? Yeah, it's, just, it's, a, it's another tough one, isn't it, for, for both sides? As you mentioned, you know, the situation at Palace is going to be really interesting to see, isn't it? How they go into next season, the players that got out of contract, so many players that could leave on freeze. Obviously, they'll need mm-hmm. to... They've got some talented players. Obviously, got a good academy there, um, bringing players through. But yeah, just for next season, you know, the win over West Brom for Palace last time out was really impressive. And you know, it's not like they're in a, as you say, in a battle to stay. Again, not. I mean, eleven points are clear of the relegation zone. Would be very, very surprised if they were pulled into any sort of trouble. And as you mentioned, where they are now, wouldn't be surprised if you said, you know, end of the season, Palace will be twelfth, thirteenth, even fourteenth. Really, I don't. It's not great and it's not what obviously the fans will want to hear, but to stay in the league and reset for next season, you know, can they keep their better players? Can they keep Zaha moving forward? And yeah, tough game to go to Everton. As you mentioned, Everton, I do think they've got that in them, Everton, haven't they? These They've made progress, obviously got a, a world-class manager, some fantastic players, but they have got these mini runs in them where, you know, okay, the Chelsea and City games tough games to go and win but the Burnley won to lose at home to Burnley in this you don't know whether that happened in a normal season there have been some shocks this season but they've just got little periods in them haven't they and they've lost 10 times in the league this season Everton which is awful lot I don't know the stats exact stats behind it but you fancy say they lost another 
you know, what they got 10 games left if they lost another three. You know, I don't know if any teams finished in the top four and lost 13, 14 games. You know, I'd be surprised if that was the case. Obviously, they've mm. won a lot, haven't drawn that many um, this season, won 14, which, which is good. Same as Chelsea, same as West Ham, same as Tottenham. So they're matching sides for wins, but, but, but losing too many to really change for that top four. And I think they are in and around where they'll probably finish. I think eighth, maybe. Obviously, they, of course, they can finish still sixth seventh eighth but similar to i think the two teams similar story really everton and palace where they are right now is probably where they deserve to be and probably where they will end up at the end of the season but you know everton you know as you say a few players away on international duty difficult to know what to expect but they'll fancy back-to-back games palace and brighton you know brighton as we say we've just mentioned have improved but you know they'll be looking at those games and thinking you know we really need to win and they play tottenham and arsenal in back-to-back games so a uh, big period for Everton. Obviously, you know, the FA Cup disappointment. Only got Premier League now to focus on between now and the end of the season. You know, can they get their players fit and firing? And can Palace, you know, upset the odds? Because the Palace, as we know, they can be tough to beat. You know, they were tough against Manchester United recently. Obviously, then got well beat at Tottenham and then a good win over West Brom. So, yeah, I, I do think it will be... I don't think it'll be that comfortable for Everton, but I do think it'll be fairly routine. I've gone 2-0 Everton. Yeah, I've got one now. I think you're exactly right with those Everton, um, those those mini runs they go through sometimes, and they're going through one now. And I think maybe the break, the break has come at a good time for them, whereas it's come at a bad time for some teams. I think it's come at a, at a really good time for Everton to to stop the rot a little bit, and they'll be hoping to get immediately back to winning ways after the international break. And as I say, it's a pretty kind fixture um, for them to do that. But those those mini runs do undermine their European hopes, certainly the top four hopes. You won't expect that anyone to finish in the top four if they do go on those runs. They went 1-1 early in the season, didn't they? After starting the season really well, they then went on a run which saw them sink down the table. Um, and, you know, it's not it's not too surprising. I think certainly this season has been another step forward in their progress. Um, and, you know, they're, they're not going to leap straight back into the top four even this season when, when uh, it's, it's so different to most other seasons. So I think they'll still be looking, depending on obviously on how the final 10 games of the season go. Uh, but if the final 10 games of the season go in a similar vein to how their season's gone so far, I think they'll look back at this season and be pretty content with it. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you in terms of, a, I don't really see them pushing for the top four and Europa League spot, maybe top seven might just be, just be beyond them as well. But I don't think they're far away from that as well, which is, Really encouraging, as you say, with their manager is one of the best managers in the world. So that's a great base to build on. Crystal Palace, I I'm just going to find it very difficult to back them many times between now and the end of the season. As you say, they, I mean, they don't look like they're going to go down fighting because they've picked up that draw against Man United recently. They got that win against West Brom last time out. Um, but I think there are going to be games in there where, like the Tottenham game, they, they get beaten relatively heavily. Um, just because they're pretty much safe, not too much to fight for between now and the end of the season, not too much to fight for. I mean, you, you could argue some of them are fighting for their Crystal Palace careers, but the age of them, I think I think they're sort of getting to a stage now where a lot of them are going to be expecting to, to move on in the summer and not get a contract renewal. A lot of them will be thinking, right, if I was going to get a contract renewal at this age, probably would have been offered a one-year one by now. Um, and there were reports now that Crystal Palace are planning a, a big summer overhaul, change of manager, big change of um, players as well. So, yeah, I think I think a lot of them will be coming not only to the end of the season, but to the end of their Crystal Palace careers and with not too much to fight for. As I say, I think it's going to be difficult to back them too many times, which now in the end of the season. I've, I've just gone for an Everton narrow win here. One nil Everton, as I say, it's, it's 
it's hard to trust them when they're going through these mini runs. So until we know that we're sort of out of it, I'm, I'm not comfortable backing them to win by much more than a goal. Uh, but I think they've, they've, they've got more quality in their team than Crystal Palace. Um, and with, uh, with the uh, points I made earlier, yeah, just back in Everton to win that one. The final game of the game week is Wolves versus West Ham. Um, West Ham were on the end of that three-all draw against, uh, that, uh, against Arsenal before the international break. Such a disappointing result for them. Obviously, they did it in against Arsenal's North London rivals earlier in the season, coming from three 0 down um, to to draw with Tottenham three all. But this one to, to blow a three 0 lead against Arsenal, which would have put them level on points uh, with fourth place Chelsea, just a, a massive blow to their top four hopes. Not only for the two drop points, which obviously really important, but also the the, the momentum, the feel good factor beating Arsenal pretty comfortably would have given them um, and bouncing back from the defeat to Manchester United before that immediately because those backup games after the defeat are so important if you're in and around that top four battle to, to immediately return to winning ways is so important for them so it'd be interesting to see how they bounce back perhaps another team the international breaks come at a good time for um, but there's no, yeah again there's no doubt as we said with a few teams so far there's no doubt that this season's been a really good one even if they finish up outside the top four but there's you just smell that there's the opportunity for them and they'll be fancying their chances against the Wolves team who have had a pretty indifferent season, 13th in the table, um, nine points uh, clear of the relegation. So you'd fancy they're not going to get dragged into that. I think they'd still need one more victory um, to really be truly safe. But, you know, nine games left, you'd fancy them to get that victory sooner rather than later. Um, but this is a difficult game for them. It just has, hasn't been a very good season for them. It's just never really got going. They've had setbacks. They've never had that much consistency in their results. Uh, just, a, yeah, a really difficult season for them. And I think this game, West Ham have got so much more to fight for than Wolves. West Ham have been so much more impressive than Wolves have this season. Um, I think if you actually look at their squads player for player, I don't know if there's too much difference between them, but I think the, the difference they've had so far this season uh, makes West Ham favourites for this one for me. And I've, I've just gone for a 2-1 West Ham win. 2-1, yeah. It'd be very interesting to see, won't it, what uh, David Moyes does in terms of his shape of his West Ham team for this game. You know, Will it be a a relatively defensive shape or will he really go after Wolves? You know, the last away game at Old Trafford, um, really defensive, wasn't it, from mm. West Ham? And then you, f you thought that they were going to get back to winning ways last uh, last time out against Arsenal. But to draw that game, you know, would have felt like a defeat. You know, of course, if you go 3-0 up and then concede three times on the face of it, a point at home to Arsenal is not a disaster result, but it's not great in terms of, you know, I, st I still don't think they genuinely believe they can finish in the top four. I'd be surprised if they do, but I do think they can sneak a Europa League spot. And I, they've got a really good chance of doing that this season, but, you know, a poor result here. And then they, they go play Leicester at home, which is obviously very, very tough. Play Newcastle away, a Newcastle side that would, you know, probably have Wilson maximum, some maximum then. Then they play Chelsea at home. It's, a tough period for West Ham and they really this is one of those games that if they could get a win here it would be absolutely massive for what they're trying to do but I just think it'll be a draw here I think Wolves as you mentioned uh, I completely agree you know not an awful lot to play for the, the rest of the season has been a very as you say inconsistent season um, nine wins eight draws uh, 12 defeats is, is an indication of that 35 points they're, they're not a Europa League challenge inside this season they're not they're not going to go down but they're probably going to finish in around where they are but West Ham so much more to play for um 
players in really good form. They? Declan Rice had a, a particularly good international break with England. You know, Lingard back in back in the mix. Um, a lot of players that weren't away with their country, so they've had time to a little bit of time off and a little bit of training. Um, Wolves a few players away as well. So, you know, it's going to be a tough game. I think you know Wolves uh, last time out against Liverpool, they they played quite well for for stages of that game, but then couldn't really find a a way back into the game. And goals have been a problem, haven't they, for most of the season? Obviously, losing Jimenez was was always going to be a huge blow, not just his goals, but his presence, the way he plays. And yeah, if West Ham could go and win this game, as I say, it would be really, really big. But I, I just I can smell a draw here. I just think, you know, as you say, Wolves can be tough. Um, international break. And yeah, tight game here, 1-1. 1-0 for Matt in that one. OK, thank you, Matt. Um, we have previews for all of those games over on sportsmod.co.uk, as always, um, as well as many more games in the Championship um, and across Europe. So be sure to check that out. Myself and Matt will be back next week for the next round of Premier League predictions. Uh, so tune in for that. And you can uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on all the usual channels, as well as on YouTube, to make sure you don't miss an episode. So we look forward to seeing you again next week.